don't need to say everything to other people that we're feeling, thinking, but the difference between do I say this or not is whether or not it's aching. If it keeps kind of tapping on your shoulder or keeping you up at night, or it's a recurring problem with someone where you just need to say something and you're not, that's where that ache part comes in. So a truth ache is when we don't speak something we really need to and there's like a constant nudge at us welcome i am speaking with tamika shilby cole today who is the author of truth aches everything you need to know about speaking and living your truth this is a really great feeling book it's also very um, manageable in terms of the time that it will take to read and I really enjoyed it. This came to me at a really interesting time because I did an episode a few episodes back with the Clarity Sisters and in one of their readings I was told that I am singing my truth but not necessarily speaking it and that that was something that I needed to work on. And then I get an email from this person who was um, actually sent to me through or recommended to me through um, Brenda McMorrow, who is a beautiful chant artist and who's also been on the podcast a couple of times. And so I was really, um, I thought, wow, kismet. Okay, let's have her on. Uh, we discussed the book and her practice. And um, yeah, I think you're really gonna enjoy this. Before we get into the episode, please remember to like, subscribe, leave a review, whatever your platform offers. It really goes a long way to help others find this podcast and to help others find the artists that we um, are sharing on this podcast so that we can uh, send this message out further into the universe and the meta space that is this podcasting um, universe. So, all right, here we go. Okay, well, welcome. Thank you so much for agreeing to do this and for sending me your book. Yeah, yeah. Pleasure. So I gathered from from reading that you have been sort of researching this book for quite a long time. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you picked that up. Not even <laughs> does. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's like the the culmination of many many years of sessions with people, right? Yeah. It is. Yeah. yeah. About eight years. I worked on the book before it came out. Yeah. It was a big, and I, I mean, I worked on the book, but I would also say I worked on myself that really the idea that I had of what the book was going to be when I started, of course, like any creative endeavor is totally different than what it ended up being. So yeah, yeah. It on me, <laughs> the book worked on me. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So what may I ask was your original intention? Well, it wasn't far off, but I wasn't prepared for the amount of times when it's hard to speak your truth or to speak my truth. I mean, I, I thought of myself as someone that was so good at that. Mm -hmm. But when I sort of set this intention and let those seeds fly into the universe, it was like the first day I I had this super big challenge with um, speaking my truth. And it was something actually kind of insignificant, but it was the, all the circumstances, a long story, probably not that interesting, but it was like, oh, the first day I can't do this. I can't do this on the first day. And it was, I think that really informed the book in terms of gentleness and allowing people to just be human. And there's, there's different approaches to speaking your truth, but there's certainly somewhere like, you know, it's harsh and it's like, you just need to do it no matter what. And so I really softened toward myself and my own truth aches during, during writing the book for sure. Well, this would, this would be a great, cause we're going to probably mentioned this word a few times. What does truth aches mean to you? I know you explain it in the book, but like, just so that we're all familiar with the vocabulary here. Yeah. It's important. It? Yeah. It's important <laughs> to define it. It's um, a truth ache is something that hurts us or others, something we can't say or articulate. And the difference between, um, you know, there's no, we don't need to say everything to other people that we're feeling, thinking, but the difference between do I say this or not is whether or not it's aching. So the word is really important because 
you know that if it keeps kind of tapping on your shoulder or keeping you up at night, or it's a recurring problem with someone where you just need to say something and you're not, that's where that ache part comes in. So a truth ache is when we don't speak something we really need to. And there's like a constant nudge at us mm-hmm. to really take that next step. When you're in sessions with people and people mention like, there's this thing that I really want to bring up, but I, you know, I feel really this way or that way about it. Like, are, are you like helping them understand why? Cause I would imagine that that's part of the not speaking up is like, in, in some ways you feel like, oh, it's either like not important enough, or, you know, I don't have the right to hurt this person or. Um, I don't know. I was told that it's not nice to say things that hurt other people or, uh, you know, I was, yeah, that's exactly all of the above it. it, People come in and they don't tend to be like, hi, I have a truth. Like I have something I need to say that I, that I want to say. It's not always like that. It usually comes out in, in the mix, like in the discussion about where they're at and what challenges they're facing. And definitely it's a process to determine like, why is this, that this is so hard to say and that I'm not able to step, take that step. It's, and it's so different for each person. And a lot of people, I would say this, this is like part B of this question, I think is a lot of people just assume that saying something to someone that's difficult has to be hard on them. Hmm. And it, it's, I guess the way we're our culture is or the way we're just taught about speaking our truth but it actually doesn't have to look like that now there's always going to be situations where we do it the very most careful way and someone is still really upset with us and angry with us but most I would say like probably 80% of the time some of the things people want to say if it's just if they just massage the way they're going to say it and also the way they think about what they need, how they need to do it, that it it's pretty successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also getting over those internal hurdles, right? The the limitations that we we feel that are just hardwired into us too. It's getting yeah. through us too. Yeah. Yeah. I would think that like the reason why you wouldn't want to say something is almost more interesting than the actual thing that you need to say because it probably stops you more often than that thing you think you need to say um, does right yeah yeah it can be you know nice people don't say things like that it can be like who am I to say I'm not worthy of speaking my truth in this relationship it's also really interesting how people though can speak their truth at work, but not with a partner, can speak their mm-hmm. truth with a best friend, but but not at work at all. Like the, it's very nuanced and situational too. Yeah. Yeah. So then that helps us get to the root of it if it's in a certain scenario. And we all have to feel safe. You know, safety trumps truth no matter what. So we all have to feel safe in order to speak our truth. And it's mm. in a way we're privileged if we can go around the world speaking our truth because there's a lot of people in the world that can't, right? You know, for really serious reasons too, right? Right. Well, which is something that you talk about too. It's like, you know, as children, maybe we didn't feel like we we could safely speak speak our truth, so we developed yeah. that as like a. a character like a, a part of our personality now that's not real you know yeah we, yeah did that's... you find that growing up that there were parts of your experience where that were hard to speak about or oh for sure yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah um yeah it's truth is 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 always I, I was I was really interesting I was really interested when when Megan first sent me your your thing and it was called like speaking your, you know truth is speaking the subtitle was like speaking your truth what's the the actual subtitle everything you need to know about speaking and living your truth is the sub- yeah okay yeah. but it had the word speaking your truth in it and I always wonder when people say speaking their truth like what truth what yeah. truth they're talking about because like when I'm in a really bad mood, my truth feels really different. And when like, you know, I'm at, I'm, I don't know, I'm having a very easy sort of pleasant day. And, um, 
I, I wondered sort of how you, how, you know, and, and I know that you've also been down the road of like Eastern philosophy and meditation and, you know, you're, you're, you're conscious of all these other things. And I think that there's, there's thought, you know, there's this sort of like constant stream of thought that's, you know, sometimes important, sometimes not. And then there's this thing that you're talking about truth. So I wonder what, like what the little subtleties are for you and yeah, I what's mean, necessary to speak and what, you know, what may just sort of be like this fleeting nonsense, you know? Yeah. And hopefully I cover this. I think I cover this well in the book. I, you don't want to say everything you think, like speaking. Yeah, your I know you say that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it isn't speaking your mind. And right. I think that's the difference is that old saying, like, I'm going to give someone a piece of my mind. It's so, it's such a fragment. It's like a little fragment of the whole of us. And so, um, those bad days where you want to say something, it's, it's, it's probably not a truth ache in that it's something that in your quiet moments, you're like, I really need to say something about this. It's probably just a bad day that you, it could be easy to vent at somebody. And maybe we do sometimes, and maybe we do don't other times, but I think a truth ache is more that, um, puppy dog pulling on your pant leg, like over and over and over again, in the way that I defined it for the book, because you're right. I mean, there's big T truth, like universal truth. There's like what is objective truth like that going down that road um is a pretty big like it's you know we could talk for years about what that actually means and nobody be able to ever really define it so this book is more about how do people relate to each other and the drama that's created without communication when we need to communicate yeah yeah. You had a really, it, it actually made me tear up a little bit. You had this story about a, a couple and the woman had cheated on her husband and hadn't, they decided not to tell the kids at first, but she found out that like generationally, this had been a pattern, which is oh, it's really interesting to me. I have this other friend who does this thing called family constellations. And she finds that that happens a lot in like that we will have something happen to us or disturb us or whatever at like a certain point in our life and it will echo our ancestors lives um but it it made me the thing that made me cry was the the like when when you described how they they decided to tell their kids and i i just like that felt so um well i mean honest is obvious but like it it just felt so trusting. I, it, it's not a story you hear a lot, like, you know, trusting that your children are going to be able to handle, you know, reality or like the reality of who you are, or the, you know, um, yeah, that was it's, a really it's beautiful amazing. Moment. It's amazing, right. That a, a parent's could be able to take that step and and the kids when they found out they were like there was all the emotions I don't want to say oh it was so easy and pretty it was messy mm-hmm. as hell but it was really also um their whole thing was we just wish you would have told us earlier because there was so much collateral damage from that truth ache from holding it back and you know kids blame themselves for things mm-hmm. going crazy in the family and they can start to have that contagion factor where they're experiencing problems because there's something going on in the home and they don't know what it is. So something that big, and this was a close family. This is a close, very close family. So yeah. Emotionally close, emotionally mature family. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed like it. Yeah. I think the other thing that, that I'm just, that's just occurring to me that sort of struck me about that story is, is that I was in a, similar but different situation in my own family where I was told I was like my mother's confidant so I was told a lot of information I didn't want to hear but it wasn't from the perspective of like you know I'm letting you in and we the adults are handling it it's like I would be you the the 10 year old or the 12 year old um you know need to help me sort of thing um Uh that's not you know wasn't said but that was how I how I interpreted at that age um which 
so that just felt like a really beautiful scenario is like, you know, here are these parents who trust, I guess, in the strength of their family enough that they're, you know, willing to, to share what's actually going on in their relationship with their children, but also handle it themselves. Yeah. That's a great distinction because yeah, the, the issue or challenge that that was like for you is a whole, it's like the opposite. And some people really do approach parenting that way. And it can be a burden when a child is like partner made into a partner instead of, yeah, it can be hard. It can be hard. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, I, I just thought that that was a really beautiful and not, um, kind of a, it seemed like sort of an atypical scenario that, um, because that was one of the questions that you asked too, are there things that you're concealing from your children that you think that they're too, what, what is sort of your perspective on that? And why did you include that in your assessment? Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't have children, so I, I, but I might at some point write a book about this because I did work with children for 16 years in the school system. And I, I still work with, with youth in my practice but I, there's so much, um, intuitive damage that we do when we don't tell kids something that's going on, that's important. Even if it's, you know, mom and dad are going through a rough patch right now and we're handling it. Like you said, we're handling it. We've got this. You don't have to, but when you sense that something is wrong, but you don't know what it is, it's very, um, it sort of insults your intuitive development. It it thwarts your intuitive development. Mm. And developing the sense of intuition just is such a life-saving thing. Like it helps us in every situation. So yeah, it's finding that way for um, folks to know, is this something that you want to talk about your kids with or not? It's, It's determining that isn't always easy. But usually it's because we aren't good with it. That's why we don't want to talk to somebody else about it because we're not actually good with it. But kids don't need, little kids don't need detail. They just need to know that this is a reality. What they're feeling is real and mm-hmm. it's true. Their feelings are are validated. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. You, you talk about in the intuition in terms of couples too, where like, you know, the person will say like how it seems like you're not doing okay oh no I'm fine yeah and yeah 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 that that is something that happens though with a lot of um I mean it's stereotypically more and I realize there's many different ways that this shows up in in couples and it's not always this male and female but traditionally it's a woman saying to a male like I know something's wrong like tell me what's wrong and sometimes it's that person, male or female, or uh, however they identify is not able to just know what they're feeling. That is like a common thing too. So Mm. um, that's a little caveat to that. Like they just may not know, you may think they're withholding from you, but they actually may not be in touch with what that really is inside. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. That was a big, I, actually what I was going to say um, was that that was kind of a big deal for me in my own relationship is, is realizing that, but realizing that I could still be confident in my own intuitive assessment of it, even if it wasn't being validated, which was actually kind of a big moment for me. Um, Cause you know, at a certain point you, you know, as, as a child, obviously you're, you're developing that, but I think at a certain point you do just have to trust your own intuition, no matter what somebody, you know, yeah gives you back because they might not know, or they might not want to tell you or, yeah. This is so true. Yeah. I I love that example. It's a really good, good example, because I think that happens to a lot of people. They just have to tune in and find their own, you know, self energy and strength and inner power. Yeah. What would you say like in your own, cause you, you are still practicing Mm -hmm. now, Kurt. Yeah. In, in your own practice with people, do you, I guess, well, I don't know. I'll just ask, do you encounter yeah. a lot of like, I don't know what I'm feeling? And yeah. 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 I mean, especially for folks who that was never validated what they were feeling or they were never encouraged to feel, or 
um, you know, maybe there wasn't a feeling vocabulary in the home. So it was like happy or mad, but there wasn't much color. Mm-hmm. And so those, those folks definitely have a hard time knowing, like, say someone says to them, even where do you want to go for dinner? They might always be default. Like, I don't know wherever you want to go. And so that's, that's a part that's sort of a pattern that can develop into or be part of parcel part and parcel of not speaking your truth is not knowing what your truth is. Maybe somebody always imposed their truth on you and you never got to practice what you wanted, what your desires are and what you were feeling. It's all kind of tied together with feelings and desires. And yeah. Yeah. How do you help somebody develop that awareness and vocabulary? Well, I think it, starts with just acknowledging that they have a right to feel it to to explore their feelings I work in a uh, in a system called internal family systems it's like the family that lives inside of you maybe you've heard of it before only because my friend is going through counseling school right now okay she told me yeah. about it so Right. It's so great. It's I would so still great. love to hear all about it because I don't know much. <laughs> well, I, what I love about it is coming from a meditation background is it really encourage, encourages the person to feel into like actually take a pause and feel into what their self energy is saying. We call it self energy or that system calls it self energy. But it really asks the person to take a moment and and feel what they're feeling and acknowledge what they're feeling. And just someone asking you that, it's great if someone can ask you that like in your day-to-day life, but if that's not possible, then doing that in therapy can start that process of, yeah, what do I want? What do I desire? What is my next step outside of what everyone else wants me to do or expects of me. Hmm. Yeah. So I'm just trying to picture like the person who doesn't know what they're feeling or doesn't know that they're feeling, what is, what is usually the spark for them to seek out therapy? Usually a problem in their life, you know, it might be, oh, this is what's going on with my mother or my mother-in-law. Oh, okay. Yeah, it could even be something with a partner, it could be something with a child, it could be some, um, you know, sometimes it's even grieving, someone is grieving a loss, and they're, whether it's a loss of the kids leaving home, or it's the loss of, like, someone through death, yeah, it can, it comes about sometimes through that, or someone can come in and just be like, I don't know who I am, sort of like a existential crisis of, what am I doing in my life and where am I going next? I think we all have those like at certain times, like feeling a little, no, no rudder, you know, where am I going? Yeah, Yeah, for sure. (laughs) So the reasons people come into counseling are just so vast, I guess, that um, it's not always evident that that's what it is right off, off the bat. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that easy for you to relate to? I'm, I'm the most overly feeling person. So the idea that someone could not know that they're feeling something is just like, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> Chinese to me, but I mean, I see it. So I know it exists. Um, is that something that you relate to, or are you more like on the, I'm more probably on your end of the spectrum. Um, we had a really open household. I don't know if that, you know, I'm sure that plays a part. It's that's not the only part though. It's also, it's also partly just me, but um, yeah, I, I tend to like be a kind of person that is noticing feelings and tuning in with myself. And certainly since I've been practicing meditation and teaching meditation, I, you know, it's so much more like I can see things before they get to that level where there is a stronger feeling. But having said that, still there's situations in life where something comes up and I'm like, oh, I had no idea I was feeling demoralized in that situation. Like I would never have thought that that was, you know, there's always layers, right? There's always yeah. layers that can come up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you, well, do you notice that too? That there's yeah, still layers? Well, absolutely, because it's- yeah it's like the capacity for me to feel something is so overwhelming sometimes that it's like, it has to be, I mean, it's several (laughs) layers of something, right? It's like, okay, 
and I'm gonna say unload that okay there's a little bit more and then you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah um so yeah it I mean it it's it's never ending as far as I'm concerned I mean it's... oh me too I mean I have Scorpio moon and I'm Scorpio <laughs> rising so I have like yeah I have a lot of feelings about a lot of things <laughs> And Scorpio always gets a bad rap. So they do. Yeah. I don't know much about Scorpios or astrology. Actually, my friend who's a counselor, (laughs) she was talking, she was talking about astrology. She, she came on the podcast. Um, or is that something that you're into? A little bit. I mean, I, I don't, I couldn't speak with any authority to it, but I, it, it did help me when I learned about those two aspects because my main sign is Capricorn. So it's very like deliberate and like leadership and intentional and all this stuff. But I, there's this whole other side of me, like, you know, I contain multitudes like all of us. So, Yeah. That's so funny. I would say of the two signs, I am the least familiar with Capricorn and Scorpio. I have like almost no Capricorns or Scorpios, I think in my life. That's that's really <laughs> funny as you said that. Um, great. What, did, what, so this is great. This is the, the, the alternate astrological perspective. Well, um, I, like I said, I don't, I know nothing about it except my own experience, but yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. But I mean, like you're, you, you provide an example of something that perhaps I'm not super familiar with. So I like that. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I can't remember what we were talking about before that, but. hmm. Oh, people um, who can't identify a feeling or can't. Oh, right. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So when, when you work with people are you always looking at it from the perspective of them speaking about what they're, they're doing, or is, is this sort of just like kind of one, one thread that runs through your work? Um, Do you mean, is it, oh yeah, it's just one thread, but it, I would say that it's almost always there. Like speaking your truth is always, almost always sitting there somewhere, some degree, some level. It's, I mean, it's everything. It, It, even I was my, I live with two t- teenagers and they got me to watch this show on Netflix as the summer I turned pretty. And I'm like, okay, I'm watching this show. It's not my typical thing to watch, but I'm watching the show and I'm like, everything is true. Thanks. And then I realized <laughs> like every movie, every series, every drama, every, every show without true thanks, we really don't have, you know, a lot of, we don't have entertainment is it like, so it just made me think about how, if we want drama in our lives, all we have to do is <laughs> stop speaking our truth. And I guarantee you there will be drama somewhere. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's great. Without, yeah. without, or if we want drama, <laughs> I just have to write that down. <laughs> if we want drama, what, what did you say? If we want drama in our life, all we have to do is ignore our truth aches. Yeah. That's great. Um, can you give me an example from entertainment? I love this. <laughs> well, this show, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm talking about this show, but um, <laughs> uh, this show, the mother has cancer and wants to have one summer without the kids knowing the teenagers knowing or young adults really they oh. are knowing about it. And she's already gone through an episode of cancer. And so she is now in a more serious um, the cancer has come back in a more serious way. And so this is such a great example of the contagion factor with truth aches. Cause they're like a virus. We can catch it from someone. Yeah. This mess it messes with so many lives in this, in this, in this uh, series, it's incredible to see how it how it affects everyone. And then of course, there's this big dramatic moment where it all comes out and everyone is devastated. And there's this quote by, I, it is in the book. It's this quote by Jewel that is, innocence is not lost. It's traded for wisdom. Hmm. The singer Jewel Kilcher. It's, yeah, it's I love Jewel. Her book is amazing. She has a book that really is all about speaking her truth. She, I love I've always loved her. Is that the one about her mom? She talked yeah. about. Yeah. I haven't read it. I should now that you're you're mentioning it's again. So I, I listened good. to her podcast with Joe Rogan where she talks about the whole thing. It just it blew my mind. The level of 
and just the strength that she has had to yeah. come up with in her life is unbelievable. I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, I've always loved her music, but I didn't realize. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great book, but I think it's kind of like when we don't tell children the truth, we're trying to protect them, Yeah, but then we protect the development of their wisdom too, or they, we prevent mm -hmm. the development of their wisdom in not oversharing, but the things that matter to their lives, the things that are central to their lives. Yeah. 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 And I, you know, even someone that I worked with recently, um, this is a similar situation where she went traveling and didn't know that the cancer was back with her parent and really has a lot of regret that she wouldn't have traveled. She wouldn't have, but again, the parent didn't want her to stop her life mm -hmm. and didn't maybe know how serious it was. But now that that parent has crossed over, that's a point of guilt. It's a point of additional complicated grief that didn't need to be there. Yeah. So um, I think people sometimes have really good intentions about not sharing their truth, but then it's not, it's just doesn't always, it's not always a good thing. Yeah. Well, maybe, and that makes me think of maybe like a, a distinction too, is you <clears throat> if it's not in the forefront of your mind, if it's not affecting everything, you know, or, or like a lot of things, then it probably isn't necessary to share because it's not going to affect anything else. Yeah. But the moment that it is affecting something, then it's obviously, you know, more forefront, maybe even that you're willing yes. to give it credit for. Yes. That exactly that. I mean, it brings me back to a story when I was at the school board and I was working with this little, two little boys actually, and they were just acting out on the schoolyard so badly, like beating everyone up. It was so bad. Their behavior bad. I shouldn't say that they were so much acting out what they were feeling. And when I met with the mom, she told me that the dad was in jail and he suddenly wasn't having visits with them, wasn't calling them. And she didn't want to lie to them. I think she did make up. She was making, she was making up stories. Oh, he can't call this week because of this, like all these stories. And those boys just needed to hear. They needed to know where he was because, and then when we told, she wasn't able they to. They didn't know that he was in jail. They didn't know, but that he was living, oh. they were separated. So oh, I see. Um, because it was just too hard for her to tell them. How do you yeah. tell your child that your father committed armed robbery or something or whatever he did and was in jail? How do you tell your children that? I understand and could just really relate to how painful that would be for her to tell yeah. them. Yeah. But once she, once she told them and I had to help her, they, all the behavior stopped. And this yeah. happens a lot more than you would think. It happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I imagine, I mean, the story that, you know, that we make up for ourselves, like you were saying in the beginning is like, oh my God, they're, they're not going to be able to handle this, but, but really like she wasn't able to handle it. Right. Like, yeah. 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 And it's like, but I think it's also pragmatic sometimes too. I, yeah, absolutely. She wasn't able to handle it and she, no judgment. That's a big thing, but no, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's also like, what do I say? Right. How do I explain this like violent thing to one of the kids was probably six years old. Mm -hmm. And so how do I explain this? And, you know, we just talked through, you don't need to give any of those details. Like you made a big mistake. Yeah. You no, know, you made a mistake. And then you just wait and see how much they <laughs> ask. And you answer as honestly, but as minimally as you can. Yeah. And then the, usually with kids, the questions trickle out, but I have to say, I'm not a parent. So I, yeah, I just have so much respect for parents and what they, what they manage and that, I don't know if you're a parent yeah. or even yeah. know, but oh my gosh, it's so hard. Yeah. It's the hardest job there is. Yeah. You know, one of the, cause I, I, I do, I have two kids, they're seven and 10 and three well, going on four years ago. Now we had to tell them that we were getting divorced me and my, my husband, I, my husband at the time. And 
I just decided that that wasn't going to be like a horrible thing. Like I, I just, I had to, you know, like this is what's happening now, you know, but I, cause I, cause I could imagine like from a, you know, from everything that children are learning is new, you know, like to, you know, kids born to two moms, you don't have, then moms don't have to explain now in regular families, there is a, you know, it's like, no, that's just reality. That's just reality for them. You don't have to. So I was like, well, you know, this is, this is going to be reality for us. Like we were together for a while and now we're not going to be. Yeah. Um, and I I don't know we'll have to see, you know, when they tell me about it in their twenties or thirties or whatever, but it doesn't seem like it was as traumatic as it could have been. Okay. You know? Yeah. Did you, you maybe had time to get right with yourself before speaking that. Do do you feel like you had time to process and get right? I had, I think I still probably had a little ways to go with, with that. Cause I, it was my decision and you know, that I did have some guilt about that. So, you know, it was a process, but you know, you, that's also the thing about parenting is that you're growing along with your kids. So yeah. Hopefully. Well, I bow down to you, honestly, because I just don't think there's any, there's any more potent experience or it's, it's incredible. It's incredible. Parenting or parenting. Divorce. Yeah. 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 Parenting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking like, yeah, it's not that hard for me. That's no, not- no. I was just trying to think. I was like, well, is there something I can think of that's like a parallel? Like, I I think the, the thing maybe that we, that I think about is like in any other sort of situation, like if I had a, you know, if I had, it was in a relationship with you or like a co-working relationship or something like that, I could say to you, Hey, so how is this going for you? And to, to your truth aches point, like, you know, hopefully you would be open and say like, well, you know, this isn't working and like a little bit more of this or whatever, but children, because you've taught them their whole world, basically, I mean, you know, not really, but like you've been the container for this whole development that they've had. And I'm sure they've learned from other people too, but it's like, you are providing the sense of normalcy. So for then you to go ask them like, so, Hey, how is this working out for you? you know, <laughs> they have no like other point of reference yeah. to be able to tell you, like, I can really use some more of this or, so, you know, like, so um, that's an interesting part. Cause there's, you know, they can go, I didn't like this. I didn't like that, but I think probably only in retrospect, are they going to be able to go, man, I could have really used a lot more support in this area or like, you know, so that's always something kind of, you just have to let go of, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But your presence, I mean, just in who you are, the work you do, I think it's that presence that you're there and you're like really there and not, I mean, no parent is there all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean by there? Yeah. Yeah. Present. That, that in itself is an invitation to explore, if that makes sense. No, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I hope so. I, sometimes I do like this morning I woke up, it was funny because I knew I was going to be talking to you this morning. I woke up and I had a little truth ache moment in my bed where I was like, oh my God, like yesterday I didn't spend any time with my kids. (laughs) Like, like, what am I doing there? You know, and I had this whole, like their childhood is just like evaporating and you know, they're, they're getting their own interests and things like that. And, um, I was like, uh, so yeah, I just, I I just, I, one, I decided I was like, I'm going to play a game with, with my younger child this morning, just to, you know, have a little bit of time with him. And then I was also like, as you were saying that I was like, I, I get, you know, that is nice because I could spend a hundred percent of my time with them and like be ornery because I never get time to myself or, you know, all these things. Mm -hmm. Um, and it probably wouldn't be as beneficial as I'm imagining it to be. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I do, you know, I, I do spend time working on myself and not every day is like a, you know, uh, a good day to go to the park. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But that work, like you're saying that working on yourself makes you a better human yeah. and therefore a better parent. I'm sure not that we're judging, like this is not good and this is better. Yeah. But 
do you know what I mean? It just feeds you and, and feeding yourself is feeding your soul, your spirit is yeah. yeah, obviously very important. Yeah. I mean, at the very least, hopefully it'll give them permission to do the same when, when they're yeah. older, you know? Um, yeah. So yeah, we can only do, do the best that we can. And we're all humans raising humans, which is, you know, even in friendships, you know, you can only do what you, what you know. Yeah. You know, in relationships. Yeah. And then they're always on their own trajectory anyway, too, right? Like we can do what we know and do our best, whether it's friendship or partnership or whatever context it is. But I think, yeah, we can influence it a lot and we can also sometimes do everything quote unquote, right. But it's on its own trajectory and it's on its own path too. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. It's super, it's, yeah, it's super interesting. It's, it's definitely a, a roller coaster and kind of like, you know, like it's like you're, I guess with anything, you know, you're just kind of like going through the unknown and then you can look back on it. I had, I saw this quote the other day that was like, life can only be lived forward, but can only be understood backwards. Ooh. Boom. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's great. That's yeah. great. So, um, there were, okay. There were like a bunch of, of things that I wrote down in my book while I was, while I was uh, reading. So I love this term. First of all, I love how you used truth as kind of like, um, uh, like where you talk about truth, ache, like toothache, you had this whole like quote about like a truth canal, <laughs> you don't need, oh, like, I if think you don't, if you don't look, you know, if you don't look into it, then you're going to need to have a truth canal. I know that was someone else's quote, but that's, yeah, that's that a really was great Jeff one. Brown. Yeah. Um, and then you talk about truth archaeology. I thought that that one might be an interesting thing to delve a little bit deeper into. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like the, for sure. The, the process of, I mean, it's laid out so nicely in the book, <laughs> all it the is. steps, like, yeah, I think sometimes when we go to speak our truth, we don't know sort of the the hot spots or the sore spots, maybe more behind what we're saying. And so when we can really have an archeological dig with ourselves, it can, by going through some of those questions and those, um, the reflection in the book, it can, it just makes it so that stuff isn't going to jump out at you, or you're going to be a lot more clear about what you're actually needing to speak. Yeah. So you know, there's questions in there about, um, like, is this, is this a repetitive thing? Like this thing that's, that you're wanting to say, and has this come up before in your life? And a lot of times it has. And so where can you like land into that or plug into that and understand that, oh, some of this is me. Some of this is my a wound that I have or a, a something that I need to work through too. And then when you go to speak your truth, being more aware of that is just so much more powerful for you and for the other person. Yeah. Yeah. What is the, ex I was just thinking of this as you were obviously remembering something that you had written, which is an interesting experience that I haven't had because I haven't written a book when you remembering and kind of like okay what are all the stuff <laughs> but like there's there's like a knowing for you of yeah. this this thing that you created right I mean there's like I because you spent time doing it I would imagine yeah. what is that what is that feeling of like creating something like that like does it feel like you can sort of remember all the edits that you like what, what just I, I'm just curious what that kind of experience is like it's funny when you were talking about I was remembering the people that I did a focus group with oh. so I was remembering their stories when we debriefed the archaeology process afterward and yeah that's that was my process I was like seeing faces and hearing stories and voices of those folks that um sort of test drove the archaeology piece and did they read the book or they they they, they had the that section survey? they didn't have the whole book because it was years before the book was done but um yeah they answered questions and then we had interviews like before and after so it was it was like a little focus group anyway 
or not little, there's a good amount of people. But what I remember about that process that sticks out at me as, or for me is the archaeology. When you talk to an archaeologist, (laughs) they use fine tools. It's very gentle. Like they don't always use a trowel. Is it tap trowel? I think it's called. They don't always use a shovel. They're not using these like big things all the time. There's a lot of times where it's like almost like a toothbrush that they're Mm -hmm. using. And so the archaeology for me, that part became so clear with those folks that I spoke to that we had to be so gentle because people, no matter how much I said in that, be gentle with yourself, don't blame yourself, go easy, you know, do something sweet for yourself in this process so that you really take it gently is that our default is so often to blame ourselves or to think, why didn't I, why is this an an ongoing issue for me? Or what did I, what am I doing wrong? You know? And I I mean, life on planet earth is like strap on your seatbelt because that's what this is. You know, it's like, do not do that. Like don't. And I guess that touches me the most because I've done that to myself a thousand zillion times is just like beat myself up. So I think a lot of writing this book was tuning into people and how hard they are on themselves about not speaking their truth. They're so Mm. hard on themselves. Mm. And so we do have to use the fine tools. Like it might be a toothbrush, save the shovel for another day. day. That blade is way too sharp, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Just go easy. So that's what, that's what I think of when I think of the archeology span process. That's a really cool visual. Yeah. They're like with the brushes and the, Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, when, because you can't like in a moment overhaul everything, you know, it's, it's, it's just like one little step at a time is the best way. I kind of wonder if that's an aspect of our humanity or if that's kind of, you know, if it's nature versus nurture, like as we become gentler parents, are we going to see people who are gentler on themselves I don't know. Like my kids are pretty hard on themselves. I feel like I'm not, you know, I have my moments, but I don't feel like I'm, I'm super tough on them. No. Yeah. Like I have one that's just, he's such a perfectionist. I have definitely not ever, you know, implied that he needed to do everything perfectly, but he has that like standard for himself. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe he sees me do it, you know, but like, I'm, I'm just probably does. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, well, the world is so, um, not the world, but the humans right now are, you know, a lot of people are going through so many things. And so it makes sense to me that we would be hard on ourselves just because there's amidst all the beauty there, there's a lot like just coming up, right? Right now, like a lot coming up to the surface that needs to get dealt with and cleansed and transformed and like come on let's get that done soon so I don't know do you think I what do you think like are are all of us kind of landing into something pretty big here that's why I said strap on your seatbelt so we all have our you know our anxieties or our our perfectionistic parts or whatever it is yeah 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 well I I I always come back to like the the people who, who say, like, I've been listening to a lot of Robert Grant and I was just speaking with my coach, Christy Levy and a, a bunch of people, but like the, the consensus among the, you know, um, those who, who are psychic or, you know, are mediums or, you know, who, I don't know, just have studied a lot of this is that, you know, if, if we are indeed the entire universe, you know, if we are omnipotent in our actual nature, then it would make sense that we would want to come here and put on as many limitations on ourselves as possible just to have sort of a fun experience, you know? Yeah. And for contrast too, right? Texture. Yeah. That's fascinating. I'd love that. Yeah. What, what role has meditation played in all of this for you? Oh, I love meditation so much. Um, In all of this, I would say um, in this book, that's really interesting. Um, I don't know, like the book isn't meditation focused, but just in myself and developing my own meditation practice and 
whether it's a sit down or whether it's listening to birds, um, you know, sitting outside, listening to birds or walking and listening to birds, whatever it is. I think it just, it just makes me just know myself more. It makes me closer to myself. You know, it makes me, it's that bridge between, okay, this is my 3d, whether it's three or 4d reality sometimes. And and that other realm, that spirit, like I feel like meditations where I connect with my guides, where I feel ideas coming in that I would never be able to think about um, or be able to generate just as this person and this human humanness, um, yeah. not to diminish my humanness. Of course, it's magnificent and powerful beyond measure, but that's where I find the, the plug in. So I don't know if you experience that with meditation or singing or both but yeah 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 for sure yeah it's um I don't have a lot of expectations on myself when I meditate and I that's how I teach meditation I like teaching it with a menu of different options and possibilities and I think if I don't expect a lot from myself I can come like really open and just connect on on that other level but I know it's not like that for everyone it's very different for each person what what it feels like to meditate for some yeah. people it's just literally a creative experience or it's literally just to calm their heart rate down it's a physical experience for me I got into yoga which led me to teaching yoga which led me to teaching meditation which led me to deepening my own meditation so your friend that. came out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Aww. So sweet. Nova, Nova bear. Yeah. Aww. Um, so is that something that you recommend like kind of prescriptively to your clients as well? Um, yeah, I, I, if someone's interested, yeah, yeah, for sure. It's interesting with the parts work, just cause we've already touched on this. I usually don't talk about this, like on a, in a situation like this, but sometimes someone who is already at like prone to meditation or likes meditating, they can connect with, instead of trying to shut off their thoughts, which is, you know, is like an old outdated way of thinking of it. They can actually connect with a part of themselves, like a part that they're struggling with. Mm. I'm definitely not an expert on IFS, so I don't want to pretend that I am, but I find that if someone is akin to meditation they're really drawn to it already and we're doing some of that work they can they can take that into their meditation and be like okay so say someone's dealing with a lot of anger getting to know the angry mm. part of themselves in mm. meditation like i want to get closer to you i want to know about you i want to understand you better like what are you protecting i love you thank you for defending me, you know, all of that kind of stuff. Mm. They can actually touch some of that in meditation outside of our work that we're doing. That's yeah. really cool. That, I just went on a dusty side road, I think. No, but, that's great. Yeah. I was actually, okay. <laughs> some somebody was a dusty side road. I, like that. I actually had someone write to me that that was a practice that she did. I think it's a, she said it was a Buddhist practice where you invite the part of you that you're having an issue with to tea. And then you imagine that you're talking with this thing. So I, yeah, I wrote a song about it for her. So oh, it's, I love it, that. it's a cool, it's a definitely a cool way to do it. I've, I've done it where like, I'll talk to actual physical parts of my body. Like if yeah. I'm having pain or something, um, I was just on a call where someone was talking about doing that with their toe. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. I love this. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's cool. Like the, I think it's cool that, I mean, just to know that like the, the work that you do, and then you also bring, you know, this aspect into it. Cause it feels, it feels very integrated and in, in the, the whole, the whole picture, you know, not if yeah. somebody doesn't want to do it. I mean, I understand it's probably not part of yeah. every session, but to have that as part of your toolkit must be really nice. It is good. And I mean, it's, yeah, it's like this whole energy of sound, which you work with professionally. Speaking our truth, it's like different than meditation, mm -hmm. but see, speaking our truth is like, it's sound healing in a way. You know, you mm -hmm. have using your words and putting putting your words out into the world instead of only having them swimming around in your thoughts. 
whether that's to yourself, like talking to yourself, talking to God, spirit, whatever you talk to, or then the next thing is like sharing your words with someone else that's willing to hear them is, it's just so powerful. It's sound healing. Hold <laughs> on one original. Second. Okay. We're back. Sorry. <laughs> no worries. Um, remind me what just happened because I got in a whole other uh, train yeah. of thought with my son there. <laughs> just sound healing, you oh, know, yes. using our voice as a sound healing tool. I, so this I is so powerful. I love how, I love how the universe works. So before I got your email or no, it was actually after. So I told you, I had like a resistance to this idea of like speaking your truth, which it sounds like a lot of people did. Cause I read your intro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not alone. You're in good, but company. it wasn't the idea of speaking up for me. It was like, what truth? Like my mind went on this whole, like whatever. So it's like, okay. Well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll leave that. I'd, I'd mark it as unread, you know, so I'll get back to it later. And then I had this healing session with this woman, Karina, who works with her sister. I just had them, them on, they go by the, the clarity sisters and she channels this, uh, she channels her dead grandfather whom she's never met. It's so cool because his life work was trying to scientifically prove that psychics exist and they had no idea they'd never wow. met him. And so he is, he, anyway, she, she channels this guy and he told me, <laughs> sorry, I love my life. Um, <laughs> he told me like, Porter, you, you sing your truth, but you need to speak your truth. Mm. And, and I went back, I'm like, oh my God, like that email, like she, of course, I, I obviously need to have her on now. <laughs> <laughs> so the fact that you just said it was sound healing that's like oh my gosh yeah yeah I agree so does he <laughs> I love that I love that yeah yeah it's funny how things just walk in when you need them yeah how did you come to that where did that the fact the that it was sound healing that's like did that just come um, to you right now? Or is that something you've been saying for a no, while? I've been saying that for a while. Um, I don't know. I, I had never really thought about how it came to me, but I think the idea it's just such um stagnant energy when people have mm. so much they need to say and like really need to say, or even mm. they have one thing they really need to say and they clamp it down it's like it feels like sound healing because then like everything is flowing in the room even if it's even if something was said like worst case scenario like blasted in anger which I'm not recommending that but even if that happens it's like movement right mm. there's no more stale energy in the room and so I think that healing energy if we could see it it would probably mm. look gray and cloudy and then you know, maybe if it came out in anger and blasted, um, not a great experience for anybody, but like it would at least be, there'd be some red and some fire in the room and then it would cool down, but they wouldn't, the clouds will clear, you know, in some way. I mean, you can damage people when you say things and we've all done it, I think, or at least yeah. I've done it before or say things that you wish you hadn't said in a moment, but that um, volcano is more likely to erupt if we're not saying the things all along. Mm -hmm. It's just how it, how it kind of works. So I think if I could see it and if we could all see repressed energy um, and what happens when our voice moves into that space and when we do it with a really good intention, that's even a whole other thing. Like that's mm -hmm. a beautiful thing. Even if someone doesn't receive it, great if your yeah. intention is right and that's probably the biggest thing that I work with people on is getting straight about your intention before you because we can't just be like looking for people to be receptacles to our truth <laughs> right like who's gonna take my truth like it's a dynamic experience it's you know giving and receiving or transmitting and receiving right yeah what is an aligned intention for you in terms of speaking your truth that we both understand each other better mm. that we understand ourselves and each other better. Mm. Yeah. 
because a lot of times it's like, I want to speak so that you can know what I feel and I'm going to give you this and you're going to change your behavior. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Also, another good intention is not to try to change somebody. So it's like the opposite. Usually we speak our truth because we want the other person to change. If you can let go of that, I mean, as hard as that is to do, because usually there's some motivation that's um, enmeshed with that. But if you can let go of that, then there's just going to be so much more that you can explore and learn. It's always a learning experience speaking your truth. There's always something Mm -hmm. when you say to your friend that the way they taught you, they're the way that they talked to you or humiliated you or left you out or whatever it is, even if it's like some situation with a friend, once you tell them what your truth is in a sweet way, like how this felt for you. And, you know, you love this person. You don't want to rock the boat. You didn't even want to say anything, but you're just like, it's just sitting with you and you don't want anything to come between you. You say this in this really sweet way. And then they, they're going to tell you something. If you are giving them that safe space, they're going to tell you something probably that you didn't know about them oh, that day this was going on, or I'm actually jealous of you. That's why I said that or whatever. If you have an open dynamic with someone and you get vulnerable, they can do it too. And then you learn and you, that's real intimacy, isn't it? I mean, I'm making this sound so easy, but it's, it's actually not, it's complicated. It's hard, but yeah, yeah. no, that, that makes perfect sense though. Yeah. I mean, everything is harder in practice. (laughs) Um, but it takes practice. You know, if you don't practice, you won't get better at it. Yeah. That's, I hope, do you have to go? Because I, I I don't, I'm okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, sorry. I'm just really loving this. Um, it, it, it seems like the way I'm not sure if this was universal, but the way that I was taught was necessary to speak your truth was sort of in like an accusatory, like, not that this was, it was implied, like, I'm going to speak this and it's going to make me feel better because it's going to hurt you. Oh yeah. And that's, I've really had to unlearn that. That's a programming that I've been very conscious of like peeling back because it's the opposite of what I want for any of my relationships. But, um, when you said, yeah, when, when you were talking about that, that was, that's what was, uh, in the, in the back of my mind that made, that's beautiful. That's beautiful that you can have that awareness of that and, and transform that. That's, that's like, not all of us have the gift or practice or ability to do that, to take that belief and Hmm. morph it into something like more open. It's amazing. Well, I spend a lot of time doing this (laughs) (laughs) anyway. I really, really appreciate you coming on and, and having this chat with me. It's been really, really beautiful and insightful and I can't wait to, I can't wait to listen back to it. Do you want to tell people how they can find out more about you? Um any events that you have coming up or things that you want people to know about? Yeah, okay. we have um we have uh the book. The book would be great. You know, read the book. You will love it. It's written in a really easy to read way, but and there's tons of tangible Um, steps in there that people can take as well as, you know, stories to bring everything to life. So truthaches.com is where they can um, find the book. Cool. And I will have that hyperlinked so people can click on that. Wonderful. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much, Tamika. It was wonderful meeting you. I really enjoyed meeting you. And I want to say, I love what you're doing with your voice in oh, your thank work. you. I was on your website. I'm like, I want to get a song for someone. <laughs> what is amazing work that you're doing. So oh, beautiful. So beautiful. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well, back at you. This is a really, really lovely book. I it it is very easy to read. I yeah, it's it's a really um easy and I love how it has personal stories, you know, that yeah, it's it's really great. Um Okay, well, thank you very much. I will let you go and I will see y'all in the next Okay, episode. wait, before you go, Bye. please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you listen to it on YouTube, you can just leave a comment there. Make sure to subscribe. This really, really helps the algorithm uh, know that you are enjoying it and allows other people to find us. So we thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we'll see you in the next episode.